from the Xfinity Studios at WVON. We're your original social media. You're listening to the Greenpreneur, Michael Thomas, on 1690, the talk of Chicago. I do not accept we can redirect this. The Greenpreneur. Shots fired. Welcome to the Greenpreneur Show. This is the greenest show on the planet with your host, Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Join us as we explore the world of clean energy, sustainable housing, environmental justice, climate change, and healthy foods. Shots fired. Back to my business. Remember, it is always a great day to rethink, reduce, rebuild, and recycle our future. Shots fired. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the continental United States, for that matter, all over the world. Thank you for tuning in and turning on the Greenpreneur Show. We are super grateful for our community partner, Shades of Green, and for their support of good educational programs like today's show. Shades of Green is a nonprofit organization helping everyday citizens experience an eco-friendly lifestyle while reducing their environmental impact within urban communities around the world. As you watch and listen to today's live video stream, remember to check out our previous Creature Comforts podcast with author Gary Collins. All of this can be found in one convenient location on thegreenpreneur.com. Today's educational exploration, the gift of democracy, our special green studio guest, Marilyn Price Mitchell, author of Tomorrow's Changemakers, Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a New Generation, the resilient Lola Star, and myself never like to start a broadcast without educating our green ambassadors. Our social media word for today is empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Please welcome Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell to the Greeny Show on the Planet. Thank you, Michael. It's nice to be here. Definitely. We always like to start off our Earth Hour, Marilyn, with global or local news headlines, which read, uh, plan to allow excused absences uh, from school for civic engagement is criticized. Also in the news, Texas sued over voter suppression claims. Maryland, people are waking up all around the world uh, to the challenges of creative policy meeting uh, our youth's current needs. And here on the Greenpreneur Show, our green team contributes to making our world a better place each and every Sunday uh, by how we purchase our products and services on our last, uh, last show, uh, my green, uh, my guest, I'm sorry, uh, Gary Collins and I talked about having the technology to generate on, uh, our own personal power and live, uh, potentially with no utility bills. It seems a decade ago, researchers found, uh, child and youth poverty costs the United States an estimated $500 billion a year. Uh, and reduce economic output and increase health and criminal justice expenditures. Uh, these costs are undoubtedly higher today. I would believe by not prioritizing child poverty reduction uh, and by failing to adequately improve its effects when children are young, with intervention uh, being the biggest payoff, uh, we waste an unconscionable, unconscionable amount of individual human potential. Maryland how are civic learning experiences transformed into s sustained civic action? That's a big question, Michael. 
Um, and I think that from my perspective as a researcher in the field of youth development, uh, for me, it boils down to the fact that all children deserve to have um, the relationships and experiences in life that allow them to develop into healthy human beings, engaged citizens, innovative workers, and so forth. So um, I am in total agreement with you that uh, we need to find ways in order to, uh, to make this happen in our communities uh, across the country. So, Marilyn, how do adults impact the healthy development of children and teens? How do adults impact the healthy development? Um, from the research I've done with um, with civically engaged youth, as well as studying the healthy development of children, which I've done for the last decade, um, I have found that there are eight primary abilities that we nurture in children that are really core to helping them develop. And those abilities are curiosity, which uh, basically helps them become lifelong learners and uh, critical thinkers, sociability, which teaches them communication skills, Uh, resilience, teaches them how to Um, overcome adversity, uh, self-awareness, integrity, resourcefulness, creativity, and empathy. And I know those are a lot to remember, um, but, you know, we have, children have so many strengths and abilities, and when we boil them down into the real core of what makes children thrive in the world, um, these eight seem to be uh, the most relevant and the most uh, applicable to what we do as parents, um, as teachers, and uh, as community leaders. So, Marilyn, how did you discover your passion for social justice and youth development? Well, ironically, Michael, it was during my own adolescence um, that I discovered that passion. Um, I was a freshman at the University of Detroit when the Detroit riots occurred in 1967. And um, after tensions settled down, I began volunteering on the weekends in one of the neighborhoods that was hardest hit by the riots. And it was then that I got to know African-Americans for the very first time in my life. Um, And I began to reflect on issues of discrimination and racism. Um, And my interest in youth development also emerged during college as I began to understand how our lives as children um, are formed by the experiences, uh, the relationships, and the cultures that we grow up in. Right. Makes sense. So how can we help young people become part of an engaged citizenry, uh, Marilyn? That, um, that question 
of course, <laughs> is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, from the research, so let me first tell you about the research that um, that I undertook with civically engaged kids, because that really sort of is the foundation to answering your question. All right. Um, if that's okay with sure, you. Sure, yeah, so, go ahead. Um, so um, the goal of my research was to, um, to discover how children's development actually affects the role they play in democracy. So if they grow up to become engaged in social and environmental missions, if they vote, um, if they contribute to their own neighborhoods and communities and so forth. And so what I learned was really fascinating. Uh, in order for kids to find meaning, uh, they almost always go through uh, what I might call five learning steps, right? So the first step is they connect with others who are different from themselves, very much like I did when I was an adolescent. Um, I got to know people who were different from me enough so that that difference created a really sort of what what we call um, a disorienting dilemma in psychology. Uh, And that dilemma is uh, that here's someone who seems very much like you, right, but who has very uh, different um, opportunities. And uh, you begin to understand that... Uh, you you know for uh, for for many of us who mm-hmm. grow up with privilege, we begin to understand uh, that concept, and we begin really as young people, and young people are very capable of going through this self identity process. Mm-hmm. We begin to confront the values that we grew up with. Um, do you know? Do we want to embrace the values that? our parents uh, raised us with or the values that um, our culture has uh, has permeated into our lives. And we do that by reflecting on uh, what's important to us as as individuals. And through that reflection process, we often change our perspectives. And that change in perspective that each young person has to sort of go through individually is really what makes them um, decide to take action in the world. So uh, what I have found, it's the process of making meaning from our experiences that really generates civic engagement. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so Marilyn, who should be worried about our children's development and our country's democratic process? Did you say who should be worried? Yeah, who should be worried? Well, I think that it's it's the responsibility of 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 a, of a number of people. You know, the the the, the phrase uh, the saying of it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. um, is is really a very important and and a very vital message. For me, it's not only parents, but it's educators, it's people who are in after-school programs, who mentor children. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's community leaders. It's policymakers. It's all of us. 
I think we all have that responsibility. Makes sense to me. You know, we're going to take a quick break. But in your book, Tomorrow's Changemakers, you share that youth are failing democracy 101. Where's the gap? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the gap, Marilyn? Yeah. Where's the gap? (laughs) Well, yeah. And and the gap is not only um, in that we're not teaching uh, civics and civic engagement in our schools as we used to many years ago, but it's also much uh, more, uh, it's much deeper than that. It really go, goes into um, the development of our children and those core abilities that so many children are missing today. Uh, for example, empathy. Uh, you started the program mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a decline in empathy in the United States. Um, in the last 15 years, we've seen a 48% drop mm. in empathetic concern for others wow. and a, 38, a 34% drop in perspective-taking. This has been in the last 15 years. And this is something we should all be concerned about in our youth. It makes sense. You know, well, first of all, perspective-taking that's interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but be sure to connect with us via live video stream at thegreenpreneur.com as we green the planet by growing responsible, educated, eco-conscious neighborhoods around the world. And we'll be right back. Shades of Green is a nonprofit organization helping everyday citizens reduce their environmental impact while raising the awareness of self-leadership within urban communities and around the world. For more details, visit thegreenpreneur.com. Be sure to connect with us via live video stream at thegreenpreneur.com as we green the planet by growing responsible, educated, eco-conscious neighborhoods around the world. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed, no more back. Hey, welcome back to The Greenest Show on the Planet. If you just joined The Greenpreneur Show, I am The Greenpreneur, Michael T. Thomas. I believe we're in a moment of exponential transformation or change to a safer, more economical, environmentally kinder, and equitable future with the opportunity to empower individuals within their own local communities around the world. Today, we're exploring the gift of democracy uh, with my Green Studio guest, Marilyn Price Mitchell author of Tomorrow's Changemakers, Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a New Generation. Marilyn's book is a must-read for anyone interested in nurturing the positive growth of today's children and cares about the future of democracy. To join our conversation, your calls will be answered by calling 773-591-1690. Again, 773-591-1690 for your chance to win a free copy of Marilyn's book, on today's show, uh, and Marilyn, before we took the break, uh, we talked about empathy, but you also talked about uh, perspective taking. You got to dive a little deeper for me on that one. Talk to me about perspective taking. <laughs> yeah, so perspective taking is a part of empathy. Um, when we study uh, empathy in the field of psychology, 
part of empathy is concern for others or, you know, under putting yourself in someone else's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and basically perspective taking is being able to, um, to put your, to, you... to take the perspective of someone else. In, in 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 order to bring yourself closer mm-hmm. to um, being able to understand that person from an empathetic point of view, does that make sense? Yes, makes sense. Yeah. So both both the concern for other people and young people's ability to uh, take the perspective of others has declined considerably in mm-hmm. the last fifteen years. Mm. So you and that are, should concern all of us. Yeah, yeah, no, it concerns me already, and I'm only doing an hour program. Yeah. You, also, you, also, you also talk about the seven habits of nurturing adults. Uh, can, all, can you elaborate a little bit on that as well? I know we're talking about youth, but nurturing adults, I think that's important too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that certainly a big part of my work, Michael, is in, uh, in, in teaching adults, both parents and educators, uh, after-school program leaders, how we nurture these abilities in young people. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, we, we also have to nurture them in ourselves as well. Um, these, are, these, are, these abilities, uh, like, uh, you know, our, our ability to live our values and to model that for our children, for example, in, in the sense of integrity and being able to model and and show our children that we have empathy for them. In mm-hmm. fact, that's how empathy actually develops in young people is that uh, it's through the relationships that they have with us adults, right? So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, of course, this is so complicated because with the advent of the uh, technology and the digital world, children are spending less and less time with adults. They're spending more time uh, with with computer screens. Mm-hmm. Computer screens don't generate empathy, right? It's only through relationships that kids learn empathetic concern and perspective taking um, from other people. So as kids grow through the years, you know, uh, say an elementary school child who does like a project, you know, right now, kindness and empathy sort of are a big thing um, being taught in schools. And kids will have uh, kindness projects and stuff like that in the in the elementary school grades. And then when they they and, and they're able to to, um, I mean, they know, like, when mm-hmm. a friend is hurting and, and they, they can kind of feel empathy for one other person. But then as they get in, into the adolescent years, mm-hmm. developmentally, they're capable of having empathy for a group of people. Um, so let, let me just give you a quick example. One of the kids in my study sure. uh, went to help um, build uh, homes after Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. and um, he met homeless people for the first time in his life, right. and he discovered that they were just like him and his family. I mean, Go figure, huh? Great, 
yeah, only for the grace of God go I, right? Right, right. Um, and but at, at, in his in adolescence, kids are now able in the, you know their brain is developed to the uh, in, in a way that allows them through that empathy and that empathetic concern for others to not only bond with this, you know, with a family that he bonded with in New Orleans, but when he came back from that civic experience, he found so much meaning in that activity mm-hmm. and in the relationship that he created with um, this homeless family right. that he then became committed to um, eliminating homelessness, right? So, and then he became, mm-hmm. you know, the, when he went off to college, he became the chair of his college's homelessness project. Right. So that's how that's how civic engagement um, increases with kids. I mean, empathy is a driving factor in 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 allowing kids or inviting kids to become engaged in democracy. Right. You know, so at the top of the earth hour, I mentioned news headlines that read plan to allow excused absences from school uh, for civic engagement is uh, panned uh, for our listeners and viewers not familiar with this news story. Uh, a, yes. pro- a proposal would allow Montgomery County public school students three excused absences each year to take part in political events or civic engagement activities has stalled on the heels of more than um, 20 comments opposing a proposed change to the school system policy uh, that would allow students to excuse absences for civic engagement or political events such as protests and lobbying. Uh, the school's board policy management committee stalled uh, its forward progress. A policy allowing excuse absences for civic engagement would put Montgomery County Public Schools among a very a uh, small group of schools, system-wide, nationwide, I should say, uh, with such initiatives, according to the school district staff. Marilyn, what's your thoughts on that uh, particular article? Well, I think it's a very interesting article, and I think that uh, allowing kids time off from school to attend these kind of events, um, quite honestly, I think it would be unwise, mm. unless it was being done in conjunction with a class project or individual study that would also require the student to understand the issues mm-hmm. pertaining to the event, to be able to reflect on their own values, like through written essay. Um, for me, to make a blanket policy that allows students to take you know, three excused days off of school would likely lead to a bonus for those students who have absolutely no interest in community events. Mm-hmm. and would just see it as a day off of school. Um, and, and let me just say, let, let me give you another statistic that sort of, re- that I think really relates to this, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we, we know from research that about 70% of teenagers volunteer, mm-hmm. right? Right. So of those 70%, we also know that 18% of those kids volunteer regularly and regularly meaning you know maybe at least once a week or so and then of those 18 percent 
we know that only one to two percent of those kids become truly engaged. And what I mean by truly engaged is the kids who are going out there who have found a passion for an issue. Let's say it's fighting for the environment or fighting for um, criminal justice reform, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. the, The crisis that we have in our country has nothing to do with we don't have enough kids volunteering or that we should allow kids off time, you know, off of school to go to protest because it's a great experience. Mm -hmm. Frankly, we have a crisis of engagement on our hands and simply allowing kids to go to um, a protest without also encouraging them and working with them on understanding the issues seems like um, just a very shallow thing for me, um, a, 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 a shallow thing for a school to do. Um, so that's my opinion. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense. And we'll talk about age appropriateness, appropriateness you uh, mentioned in your book, but I'll mention that a little bit after the half. But remember to take our live uh, Facebook poll question, should high school students have an excused absence for civic engagement? Yes or no. Marilyn, when we come back from the break, would you mind sharing with our Green Nation your personal thoughts on the current news article, Texas sued over voter suppression claims? Is that all right? Sure. Definitely. Author Marilyn Price Mitchell is streaming live via the greenpreneur.com to join this self-aware conversation about engaging youth in our community. Call us now at 773-591-1690. Again, 773-591-1690. Miss Lola Starr, who's doing something good for our planet? Let's build the world's first and largest net zero eco district together right here in Chicago. Join the Greenpreneur Show as we take the pledge. I am committed to 25. Hashtag reimagine 25. Let us give a green thumbs up to Mars, the massive candy company responsible for producing such chocolate treats as M&M's, Milky Way, and Snickers, is committing over $1 billion towards ensuring that all their cocoa supplies are from sustainable and ethical sources and stopping child labor and other injustices. Also, let us give a green thumbs up to O.V. Muhaley, ex-NFL player and all-pro fullback for the Baltimore Ravens and the Atlanta Falcons, now is blocking on a different kind of offense and fighting for a healthy planet. Muhaley said it's about protecting the environment. It's all about people. It's all about taking care of your fellow man and about saving the children. Last but not least, a green thumbs up to our ambassadors joining us on our Facebook fan page, Johnard Owens. For those supporting us on LinkedIn, Alicia Roberts Novak, and to our faithful Twitter follower, Mice Festival, a green thumbs up to you as well. You are connected to the greenest show on the planet, and we'll be right back. Tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time and join our live conversations. Your questions will be answered by calling 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. As we green the planet by growing responsibly educated, eco-conscious neighborhoods around the world. Join us to make a difference on our planet. Check out our Instagram at The Greenpreneur for pictures, videos, the green team, and our in-studio guest. And don't forget to follow on Twitter at GPEcoNews and on our Facebook fan page, The Greenpreneur Show. 
Hey, this is Michael Thomas, host of the Greenpreneur Show. Hey, it's Lola Starr, social media correspondent. Be sure to tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central. Give us your thoughts on our weekly poll question and join the conversation on Twitter at GPECO News and on our Facebook fan page, The Greenpreneur Show. Keep it 100% green. You and me, Marilyn. I guess it's just going to be me and you changing the world. I think Lola's going to help us out. Uh, probably also, hey, <laughs> probably also uh, Maria. She's in the studio, King High School student. She'll probably help us out. Pat's over here grooving. Okay. He'll probably help us out, too. It's about four or five of us. I think we can make it happen. Jim's calling in. Maybe he'll help us. He'll join us. Okay. Listen, this is Michael Thomas, your ambassador of Green. Be a part of our Green Nation by registering for our Foresight newsletter via thegreenpreneur.com or typing the hashtag GP Eco News on your social media sites, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Remember to check out my top green faves on thegreenpreneur.com where you can find our favorite sustainable products and services we use here on the Greenpreneur Show. Did you know in 2015 uh, the child poverty rate stood at 20, 21%, 3% p- points higher than that, uh, the start of the recession. Uh, the racial disparities are stark among white children. 12% uh, lived in poor families compared with 36% of African American and 31% of Latino children. Uh, to join our conversation, your calls. Uh, we'll be taken at 773-591-1690 uh, in our conversation about the gift of democracy. Call us now uh, with any questions to win Marilyn Price Mitchell's book, Tomorrow's Changemakers, Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a New Generation uh, on today's show. Again, 773-591-1690. Marilyn, based on uh, the Did You Know stats I just shared, we simply can't afford to leave uh, – these many children behind, it looks like. Absolutely. Definitely. We cannot. No, it makes sense. Uh, and we're going to grab uh, Jim in one quick second. Uh, but, you know, before we took the break, we talked about uh, the Texas uh, uh, at the top of the hour, Maryland. I mentioned a news article that read Texas sued over voter suppression claims. Uh, for our listeners and viewers not familiar with this news article, multiple civil rights organizations filed a lawsuit against Texas over uh, voter suppression. Uh, these uh, the groups claimed that the that an advisory uh, sent out to thousands of voters for citizens review discriminates against naturalized citizens. They allege uh, the government erroneously flagged naturalized citizens for citizenship uh, review who remain eligible to vote. Uh, the list vote the list of voters who were sent the advisory has been dubbed the flawed voter purge list uh, by the plaintiffs who allege the state's officials aim to strip people. Uh, of their power to vote. Marilyn, what's your thoughts on that article? Well, first of all, let me say that my expertise is in youth development, Mm -hmm. but um, and voters are uh, 18 or over, but let me also say that 
voter suppression activities, I think, while they're aimed at people of voting age, they also impact younger minority children for because they're future voters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from from research, we know that people of color vote at substantially lower rates than whites. They are also less civically engaged in other ways, like running for office, making their voices heard, and so forth. So when I look at this article, you know, I think, gosh, voter suppression impacts families who are already disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And, and it only makes it more difficult to improve their patterns of civic and, uh, civic participation. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fr- from my perspective, because we have a diverse country, right. we need diverse voices in order for democracy to thrive. Um, so, you know, these kinds of things, I think, are very unfortunate um, for our country and for people who are trying to participate in the in democracy. Makes sense to me. Um, let's grab Jim. Jim, what's your question or call, uh, comment from a guest? Thank you for your call. Well, um, I was calling you about things with the school, but... You know, in terms of Texas and voter suppression, how exactly is, for example, requiring ID suppressing the vote? Because you hear this a lot from all the libs. So it's like you can't get an ID to vote. Well, then you can't go clubbing. You know, you can't even go to a doctor's office. You can't get an airplane. You can't get into a lot of federal buildings. Right. So right. What's the, how, is, how is the vote being suppressed? Well, I mean, that's the news article, Jim. I, I don't think uh, Marilyn has a, she, as she stated, she's not an expert in, in that regard. Okay, she well, just deals but with yeah, you, the question yeah. comes up, and, and this is, you know, mm-hmm. laughable to me, because in Texas and some of these other places, they're finding, and this is what's going on in California, by letting non-citizens vote, they're essentially letting flow into the elections of the national, you know, races and stuff where they can vote in these things. And that's why they're being purged, because people aren't citizens, shouldn't be voting in any election, in my opinion. But right. in terms of but, the but Jim, thing, you know, Jim, let me ask you this, though. Let me let me quickly ask you this. I apologize for cutting you off, but let me ask you this quick right. question. I'm, I'm not uh, if if uh, illegal citizens are in this country, um, they have illegal IDs. Uh, so the ID wouldn't actually stop anyone from voting, uh, because most of them probably have illegal IDs. So... Uh, I, don't, I think voter suppression is a little deeper than just an ID, don't you think? Well, I, I think, but that's what you hear about. You always hear, right, oh, you right. can't have a voter ID. It's like everybody's a victim. It's just garbage. Right, right. No, understood. Well, appreciate, we appreciate your call, Jim. What's your thoughts? You want to uh, reply to that, any Mellon? Yeah, you know, again, I, I'm just not a voter suppression expert, so right, right. I think I might pass on that. I, I agree, certainly, um, what you're, with with. You know, understanding the basis of your question, mm-hmm. um, I think that this this topic goes so deep that uh, uh, we we need a better expert to dive into that that answer. Right, no problem. Listen, let me grab Harold. Harold, what's your question or comment from a guest? Thank you for your patience, sir. Well, I uh, went right on and got online thanks to the technology. I'm looking at the mission statement and the work that we're doing right now in Brownsville. I'm with the Black Metropolis Convention and Tourism Council. We're fighting regentrification and massive displacement of low and moderate income people and their children mm-hmm. from the most prime real estate on the Midwest region of the country. We don't know it because we got so much guns and shooting and all kind of crazy stuff going on all around us, and we can't focus in on what we need to do to continue to live on this prime real estate. So we have a proposal 
what we're calling a a uh, it's a business district that empowers the residents adjacent to it. We have a high school group that we'd like to implement some of your programming, especially around family schools and communities, and how we can redefine what success is in terms of redeveloping our community and being able to do a gist mapping of actually map that area and develop it long term. That's what we're working on currently. I'm wondering, uh, my website is bviconline.info, and I say bviconline.info, that's the first letter of Bronzeville Visitor Information Center, right. bviconline.info, and we're plugged into not only as it high relates to the 1919 race ride, but this new this book that, that came out about heritage tourism and going to African-American areas for tourism on the Green Book. Right. All of that's incorporated into it. I'd love to work with you on this project. Well, here, are you asking me or are you asking Marilyn or both of us? Huh? Are you asking me or Marilyn or both of us? Both of y'all. All right. I mean, we have our multiple, we have our multiple sites and attractions within the destination involving civic engagement, restoring the public trust, not relying on our politicians to deliver for us, but setting policy to demand that they deliver for us. Well, you know, Harold, I, I will reach out to you. I'll make sure I'll code that. We appreciate you calling. Listen, let me grab Tommy. Running out of time. Tommy, what's your question or comment from a guest? Thank hey, you for your hey, patience, very, brother. Very quickly, Mike. Yes, sir. You, you know, it's pretty simple. When we vote, we win. When we don't, we lose. And the bottom line of why there's a, a ID or anything required is the very fact of why the situation exists in this country. We talk about democracy, but how long does it take for an individual to recognize and understand instead of judging me by the content of my character? It's the color of my skin that automatically nullifies me. And most individuals who are not voting is too worried about trying to live. And these are just simple, very simple, practical uh, issues that are sitting here before us. Because the bottom line is, if you want things to work in this country, all you got to do is cut it out. Have a great day. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You know, Marilyn, to Tommy's point, uh, and I know you work with youth and, and working in uh, with different youth, um, finances and financial and stress, I'm sure, um, they're consumed with on a daily basis and just trying to get their studies together. What's your thoughts or what's been your experience in working with youth and uh, just those stresses alone uh, to Tommy's point? Well, I think that the stresses on youth today are absolutely absurd. Um, I think that today's children are being um, exposed to stresses that, you know, those of us who grew up before them never had to experience the pressure to, perform. Um, and this is both, you know, I, I want to say this This isn't just a, a low-income minority issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's an issue with all youth today. And, and I work with, um, with young people both in uh, low-income areas and with kids who live in uh, wealthier areas who have become at-risk youth because of the pressures that they have. Um, the rates of suicide, the mm. mental health issues that our kids have. Our kids have more mental health issues across the board than at any other time in history. So, um, <laughs> you know, so, so what, you know, there's no simple answer for this. My expertise is in looking at, um, and I think one of the gentlemen who called in said something about, well, we need to change um, our perspective. We need to uh, look at different questions to ask because <laughs> obviously um, 
we, we haven't been asking the right questions. Um, and I think that one of the, 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 the things that I, I really strive to do is to emphasize this approach called positive youth development. Mm-hmm. And it actually is about um, changing the questions that we're asking about youth. Youth need to be involved in their neighborhoods and communities. They need to have a voice. Right, right. Um, and so um, this positive youth development is actually a field of psychology that focuses on building kids' strengths rather than fixing their deficits. So for, for parents, teachers, and mentors of youth, it means putting your focus on nurturing these core internal strengths and providing children opportunities to believe in themselves mm-hmm. and their abilities to influence their lives and the world around them. And so um, rather than asking why young people are not as engaged in social and environmental issues as they mm-hmm. were in previous generations, I actually studied those who are engaged, mm-hmm. who are sort of the exemplars of engagement. Right. And then I analyze um, their life stories to discover those common themes between them. So I think positive youth development is about asking different questions. Um, and for way too many years, we focused on this deficit mm-hmm. reduction approach to child development. Right. Um, so, you know, when a child isn't getting good grades or a child... Um, isn't focused at school, it's, well, how do we fix them, right? <laughs> right, and, right. Kid, and, and you know what? Kids are beginning to feel like adults. The only thing adults do is try to fix them. Right. And then we wonder how much pressure kids are feeling and why. Ma- right? ma- so ma- what, so yeah. what if we turn that around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and instead of trying to fix them, we try to support them right. in developing these abilities that, from years of research, we know how to do. Well, listen, Marilyn, I got a couple more questions, and we're, we're running smack up against the uh, next break. But listen, Alicia uh, asks of, from Facebook, how do we reach youth whose communities limit their exposure uh, to programs that promote community engagement? Okay. Oh, you want me to answer that now? Yes, yes, yes. the break? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a tough question because if communities are limiting kids' opportunities, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's – then we need as adults to, um, to, to become engaged in those communities to change those behaviors and policies because if we can't – if children are not, uh, if they don't have the experiences and the opportunities that they need in order to gain these skills and abilities, then, then you know, they're really at a disadvantage. And, the, and many of them are already at a disadvantage. So we need to start working in our communities to do that. And one more question. We'll take one more. Uh, Venus from Facebook also asks, how would you weed out children who were honestly passionate about civic duties uh, from just kids trying to get a day off school. Yeah. So, um, 
You know, you ask the tough ones, Marilyn. You may have an answer oh, yeah, tonight, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but how do you how you how you get the ones off that are, that are just trying to cut class? Venus says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, there actually is an answer to that that's kind of steeped in research, and actually that I used to um, to do my study. That's part of my book, Tomorrow's Changemakers. Um, it we know that kids are committed, first of all, when they get, usually kids get committed to some type of an issue that is meaningful to them, sometime between middle school and high school. And by the time, um, you know, and and they're kids who who are really working on those issues on a regular basis. Uh, They're not kids who just, um, uh, you know, go off to try to get volunteer work on their resumes for college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and so many kids, uh, I mean, you, you can tell who is, who, you can tell the engaged kids because they can, they can passionately speak about what they believe in. They, they can look at both sides of an issue. So um, maybe, you know, there's a, if you know, going back to this article on getting excused absences, you know, maybe a, a student has to um, submit a an application of some sort where they they present why they passionately want to attend an event, right? Right. So, um, and and I could see something like that um, happening. Kids can do that in essays. I mean, I've read hundreds of um, essays written by uh, middle and high school kids who have applied for community service scholarships. Right. Uh, and you can tell, but you can tell by reading them. Well, you know, Marilyn, I got to wrap up real quick. We're going to take another break, but I know our intern Maria here in Chicago, uh, to your point, Venus, she's a junior at uh, King College Prep High School, uh, and she works as an election judge and makes a little cash, too. Uh, I think it's a great way for youth to uh, be engaged and understand the voting system. Uh, and something like that, that's a uh, legitimate day. You know, I don't understand why youth on the voting day that can vote that are seniors that are voting age, why they don't have to day off to go vote. Uh, but, you know, again, like you said, Marilyn, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> Listen, give yeah, us a call. Exactly. 773-591-1690. You listen to the greenest show on the planet. Uh, remember to take our live poll on Facebook. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, after our final break, let's talk more about a path forward and how supportive adults uh, can guide future leaders. Is that all right? It sure is. Thanks, Michael. Definitely. Green thumbs up to all our ambassadors calling the Greenpreneur Show and con- connecting to us via live video stream on thegreenpreneur.com and listening to us via iHeartRadio, 1690 AM WVON, and connecting via Facebook Live, Chicago, Illinois, Sacramento, California, to our global green ambassadors located in Perth, Australia, also Lahore, Pakistan. Make sure you sign up for our monthly foresight newsletter to get access to free books, eco-friendly product and giveaways, along with green service discounts uh, on thegreenpreneur.com. Our in-studio guest, Marilyn Price Mitchell, author of Tomorrow's Change Makers: Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a gener- for a new generation. Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell is a developmental psychologist, uh, speaker, and fellow at the Institute of Social Innovation at the Fielding Graduate University. Uh, we're appreciative for our list- listeners and viewers, and our community partner, Shasa Green. Stay connected. This is Michael Thomas, Green Sky. You know, and we'll be right back. 
Listen to our previous podcasts. Register for our newsletter. That's where you'll find our blogs. Behind the scenes footage. Special offers for eco-friendly products and services. That's thegreenpreneur.com. Welcome back to the greatest show on the planet. We had some technical difficulties. We lost my mic. I had to switch over to Lola's side. All right. We appreciate you, Marilyn. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We will make sure we connect with you and learn about that Compass Advantage uh, and make sure we connect all our followers and uh, listeners. So the Greenpreneur Show, we appreciate all our callers today. Great. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Christine Pelosi says, voting is a civic sacrament. Dear Green Ambassadors, don't vote, don't complain. We'll talk to you next week. Throughout the world. You've been tuned into the greenest show on the planet. There is great love for you here. Be good to one another. Daddy, 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 daddy,